I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. First John chapter one verse nine. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I kind of feel like I have a lot to say and a little time to say it. That's kind of a scary feeling for me. But I'm trusting the Lord to say what he wants to say. First John chapter one verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, He forgives our sins, and He cleanses us. I, uh, I want to put this in, in the context of the, the cleansing work that God does in a person's life. If you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, would you just raise your hand real fast? I've got a question. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He forgives our sins. So why were you baptized? Because the Bible says to, right? He that believeth in, in and is baptized shall be saved. Repent, every one of you. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. I, I, if, if I ever sound like a broken record for some of the things I say, just forgive me, please. But um, the Bible doesn't contradict itself. And if you see one thing that looks like this and then you see another thing that looks like something different, then the Bible is not what's different. It's our understanding that's incomplete. And we need his help with our understanding to get the complete picture. In fact, I'll be honest, I really, I'm starting to like it when I see what looks like a contradiction in Scripture because I actually know this is an opportunity for me to learn. Amen. So if I, see a, if I see one verse that says, be, be baptized in the name of Jesus the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And then I see another verse that says, confess your sins, and they're forgiven. I look at that and I think, okay, well, which one is it? Think about this in the time frame of your Bible for just a second. If you're holding the Bible, this might be a little bit of a, a context clue for you. First John it's almost at the end of the Bible, isn't it? It's way back there. And that's where we read this verse. The other verse that I quoted, Acts chapter 2, is back towards the middle about repent and be baptized. So it says that first, and then later, John, who was one of the followers of Jesus, spreading further wisdom, says... If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I felt the Lord, or I guess the question that I was asking the Lord when he was showing me this, um, first of all, how do I know that I'm forgiven, washed, cleansed? 
How do I know that that actually happened? Well, it's faith in the Lord. It's belief and faith in the Lord that that's happened. But then, just kind of a, a building block off of that is, okay, how do I know that if, God forbid, if I sinned after I was baptized, then how do I know I'm still forgiven? Or he would wash that away. Because we say you go down in the waters of baptism and you have all your sins washed away. Then you come up out of the water. There's nobody in the tank over there right now. And we don't open that up for, you know, free dipping every week. <laughs> if anybody just, oh, yeah, I had a bad week. Let me dive in there. Come out the other side and I'm washed again. It's not a, it's not a car wash. That we, we go in and tune in next week for the, the washing. No, we, we know that we go under the water and our sins are washed away. And we come up out of the water and we're clean and we're fresh. Just like we've never, ever sinned. But if you're around long enough and if you're honest with yourself enough, you realize there is the possibility that I might just one time like half sin again. I said if you're honest with yourself. You realize I, I, I'm still a human. I'm still susceptible to sin. So the question that I asked the Lord was, well, how do I know that if I've been baptized and my sins were washed away, but then there was another sin, how do I know that was washed away? without being baptized again. And I felt like the Lord's helped me with this scripture and this understanding. John wrote this well after the commands to be baptized and then each one of them being baptized and those that they witnessed to and reached and all the baptism has happened and we're well past that in years. And John says, if you confess, Actually, he says, if we confess. Imagine that. One of the men that wrote a book of the Bible said, we, not just you, you and me. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Nowhere in that is written or implied the word only if we only confess our sins no again we're past the waters of baptism we are into a life of Christ by the time he wrote this Jesus was passed away and rose and ascended and he's not even on the earth anymore his spirit is inside them and that's when he wrote this, if we confess. So that's a key, that's a key part of, an, of the understanding there. If I have fulfilled the command of Jesus to repent, to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and if I receive the Holy Ghost, then I am just like in the same spiritual condition as John 
at the time that that happens to me. And then John says, now that we're beyond that, we are into this new life with Christ. If we confess our sins, he forgives our sins. I don't know where this came from, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, in, in, in some religious rituals, they'll, 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 uh, if, you're, if you're involved in that and you are a part of it, they'll come and they'll ask you, do you denounce Satan and his works? And you say, yeah, I denounce them. Thank you. I'd uh, be worried if you didn't, honestly. <laughs> um, but that, I, don't, I don't want you to try and draw a comparison to that and this idea of confession and just say, okay, I'll do all the sinning I want. As long as I get to confess, then I'm going to be forgiven. Mm, no. You can, to confess, I got sorry, I got to get in my notes here. To confess, to admit or declare oneself guilty of what one is accused of. That's what it means to confess. First, there's an accusation. Did you? And then there's either a confession or a denial. You've been accused of, and then you fill in the blank. You have the opportunity to respond to that accusation. I try this sometimes with my kids. It's usually not calm enough in that environment to like, hang on. She said that you. I'm going to get to you. No, You know, it's like, oh. But you're, at, you're accused and then you get the option, the opportunity to either say, yes, that's correct, or no, that's not correct. To confess. We, we can't, first of all, we can't be in denial. All right? If you, if you try to live in denial, even if it's just yourself trying to convince yourself, or to project an image of innocence, living in denial... There is zero confession there. Right? Did you smack your brother on the back of the head? No. Uh-uh. I don't even know where, where that came from. It's denial. His hair's sticking up in the back. It never does that. We got evidence. But you're, you're in denial. We can't live in denial and then also look at a scripture that says if we confess. They're, they're exact opposites of one another. We can't justify a sin or try and gauge the severity of a sin. That's kind of like denial 2.0. Yeah, I think that probably wasn't right what I did. 
but I don't know how mad the Lord is at me at it for it. Okay, well, we're still in denial. We're just calling it something different. We're denying the fact, not that I did it, but the fact that maybe it wasn't a sin. We're talking about confession. If we confess, excusing it is not the same thing as confessing it. I did smack him in the back of the head, but you know what? He asked for it. He drank my drink without even asking. That's a big one in my house for some reason. Okay, we're not, he's not the one that's dealing with accusations, right? Oh, there they are. Hey, kids. <laughs> I forgot you were in here. <laughs> that's not the one that's being accused right now. His actions will be dealt with separately. Your actions are what are being dealt with right now. But I got an excuse. I've got a reason. Excusing is not confessing. You understand? Not if we excuse our sins. Not if we justify our sins. Or explain them with just cause. He's faithful and... No. If we confess our sins. There has to be an honest assessment of what sin is in my life. We, uh, this, the, the idea of you know, a, a, an accusation and then a confession or a denial, if we, if we think of it, we, we probably can relate in some, in some ways to the, the legal environment where we typically see this kind of thing as far as that's, I know that's guilty or I know that's not guilty. But that all is based on this thing that we have called laws. And it's either against the law or it's not. That's very easy for us to understand in, in our society, usually. It's, it's cut and dry. You did or you didn't. You were going 26 in a 25. Not according to your odometer, by the way. That's a speedometer, isn't it? So, it's the, the law is what determines the guilty or the innocent. It's the same thing in our life with sin. You, I, I apologize if, if this offends you, but you don't get to choose if you sinned or you didn't sin. We don't get to determine or define what sin is. It is predetermined. It's defined. Now, some people would say that's not fair. I would say that's the very def definition of fair. It's the same for you and me and everybody. So what's not fair about that? Mm, we're not going down that road today. We have to be honest about what is sin. Trying to break this down just as, as plain as I can. Sin... To have sin, that's too, that's not even breaking it down. I can't read that. I copied a definition in, but no. It's got the word odious in it. I don't even want to go there. 
Sin occurs in one of two ways. Something you do or something you don't do. That's, that's breaking it down. Either you do something you're not supposed to do or you don't do something you are supposed to do. That is sin. To give you a, a, a bigger definition or word to something you do is we call that commit. You committed this. Something you did. Something you didn't do is omitted. You didn't do it. You left it out. So that's, that's what it means. So either you commit it or you omit it. But either way, if you weren't supposed to and you did, you committed it. That's guilty. That's sin. If you were supposed to do it and you didn't, you omitted it. You left it out. That's sin. J James chapter 4, verse 17. I just want to look at this quickly. Now, the, the whole Bible that you have is really where you're going to get all of this. I'm just going to give you a few parts of it today. Okay? Because if I know I'm supposed to do something and I don't, I know that's sin. That's what the scripture says we're going to read. But how do I know? What am I supposed to do? We don't have time to go through Genesis to Revelation today. But you know what? The Lord helps you with that. And how do I know what I'm not supposed to do? We don't have time, but the Lord helps you with that. Let me just give you some. Okay? Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what? To him it is sin, if you know it's good to do, and you don't do. To him it is sin. Go back to verse um, 7 here. There's just a few to-dos, a few good to-dos that James is talking about here. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Everywhere that you see a verb, an action, in these verses right here, that's a good to-do. We're not stopping at just verse 17 and then leaving this open. No, if you want to be honest, you read and you learn. So submit yourself to God. If you don't, now that you know that that is good to do. If you don't, to you that is sin. I'm not going to take the time to go into what it means to submit to God other than to tell you to submit means do what you're told. Right? Ah. Don't make me go back into last week's lesson. That really wasn't fun for me. To do what you're told. To submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. That's another verb, action word. To resist. Resist. How much can be sub summed up in those two things? How much in submitting to God, doing what you are told to do by God, and resisting the devil, not doing what you're told to do by the devil? or influenced to do, or encouraged to do. 
Resist. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Now you know that's good to do. If you don't, and you know it's good to do, and you don't, to him it is sin. Next verse. Draw. We can't even just stop after submit. It's not enough to just say, okay, if he tells me to do something, I'll do it. Nope. Because now it's saying, draw nigh to God. That's good to do. Get close to God. You know he lives there. You know he dwells there. Get close to it. If you don't, and you know it's good to do. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Okay, we got two to-dos there. Cleanse and purify. They basically mean the same thing, but one is my hands and one is my heart. If I know I've got dirt on these hands and I'm satisfied to just leave it there, That's a sin. Cleanse your hands. I'm talking spiritually, okay? I'm not just saying you can't look at your dirty kids and be like, oh. You got sin behind your ears. No, that's. (laughs) We're talking the spiritual context here. Cleanse your hands and purify your hearts. If you've got something there, that needs to be washed and you don't wash it you fill in the blank you know it's good to do and you don't do it verse 9 be afflicted and mourn and weep that doesn't sound like fun let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness We'll get back into this contradiction thing for just a minute. Does that mean I can't laugh? Does that mean if I laugh, I'm sinning? Well, the Bible says right there. And we're saying, if you know to do it and you don't. But the Bible also says, laughter doeth good like a medicine. That's a contradiction. So I've got to know what does it mean when it says this, and what does it mean when it says this. If you are all not supposed to laugh, I don't need to be speaking, clearly. Uh, Not that I'm some, you know, really funny guy, but I get some chuckles every now and then. So if I'm making you, woe be unto me. No, there are times. The Lord is, James is saying here, there is a time when you don't need to be laughing. There is a time when you need to be afflicted. This, to afflict, means to cause pain. There's a time when something should be causing pain in us, causing us not to be just joyous, having fun. No, this is a serious matter. Take it seriously. And mourn. 
There is a time. Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time for everything. If there is never mourning in your life, if there's never affliction in your life, not only are you not fulfilling James 4, you're also not fulfilling Ecclesiastes 3. All right. Trying to watch the blood pressure. That was a joke. <laughs> Who laughed? No, I'm, just, I'm still joking. All right. Verse, uh, one more verse. Verse 10. Humble yourselves. Another good to do. Humble yourself. I like verse 7 and verse 10. They both say a verb, but then they say, do it yourself. Submit yourself. Humble yourself. It's a lot better when you choose to do it than when it's done for you. Nobody wants to be forced to submit. Nobody wants to be forced to be humbled. Right? So do it yourself. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. So that's a, that's a long way of saying there's a few things if you know you're supposed to do them and you don't, that's omission. Right? We're talking about sin. We're talking about being honest with ourselves about what is sin. Is there sin? So the scripture makes that one plain. To him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Thankfully, we still have 1 John to look at, right? If we confess our sins, maybe I need to look at one of these and say, I, there was a time that I didn't humble myself. There was a time I didn't submit to God, a time I didn't resist the devil. Be honest with ourselves and go back to 1 John and say, if we confess our sins, you're accused of this. Confess. If we confess our sins, and now let me just help you, or help somebody, to confess. This is not saying find somebody to tell everything you've done wrong to. That's what we've twisted confession into. I gotta go, I gotta go find somebody. I gotta get this off my chest and tell them. That way I've confessed. No. First of all, Put it back in the same context. First of all, you've been accused of. If somebody has no clue about anything, you want to go dump it on them, they didn't accuse you of it. So that's really not a true confession, is it? No, I just, I just told somebody something. The, both sides have to be there, the accusation and the confession for it to be True biblical confession. And most of the time, this takes place internally with me and God. He brings something back to my mind and says, hey, we're going to deal with this or not. Uh, sure, I'll go tell somebody else. No, just tell me. Are we going to deal with it or not? Uh, let me text the elder real quick. No. We're going to deal with it. 
You've been accused. Confess. Agree. And then, why? What's the point of that verse? And you shall, he will forgive us if we confess. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now I'm going way back to where I started. Remember the question that I asked? How do I know if after I've been baptized and, how, and had my sins washed away that I sinned again? If I confess. He is faithful to forgive. Amen? I want to just look at this quickly. I, I told you I felt like I had a lot to say. I'm trying to go quick. Mark chapter 2, verse 5. I'm going to read this account quickly. This is the first time that, that I've seen, to my knowledge, the first time Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, forgave someone of their sins. This is a new thing. Everybody say it's a new thing. Everybody say it's a new thing. It's not been done before. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. If you don't remember, this is when Jesus is in a house full of people. Four friends bring their friend that has palsy to Jesus to be healed of his sickness. They didn't say, you know what you need, brother? You need to be forgiven of your sins. No, they said, you can't walk, man. And there's a guy over there helping people walk, miraculously. Let's get you to him. So that's the, that's the context. They get up on the roof. They lower him down. They lower him down for a healing. And Jesus says he sees their faith. The friends. These guys believe in me. Oh, they believe in me so much that I can heal that I'm not only going to heal, I'm going to respond to faith in a way that has never been done before. When he saw their faith. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. We've talked a little bit about sin today. We know that guy probably had some just like we do. And the Lord says, son... Thy sins be forgiven thee. Next verse. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Next verse. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? That, that, that doesn't happen. That's why it's never been done before, because we can't do it. We can't forgive sins. Who does this guy think he is? Only God can forgive sins. Verse 8. Immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were so reasoned within themselves, he, he realized what they're thinking. He said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Next verse. Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. Which one is easier to say, if I tell a lame man, just get up and walk, that's a, that's a really difficult thing to do because everybody's going to be like, he's not getting up. But if I just go up to somebody and I say, oh, your sins are forgiven, 
Everybody's going to be like, Psh, how do we know? So Jesus is saying, it's a lot easier for me to just speak words than to say something that has to have action behind it. Next verse. But that ye may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, I'm going to do the harder of the two. Physically. And then he tells him, take up your bed and walk. And now they're like, if, if he can heal that man with his words and say that, and we see the physical evidence that he stood up and walked on out of here, then when he says, your sins be forgiven, I think there's a good chance that man's sins just got forgiven. That's the first time Jesus ever did anything like that. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Now remember, John the Baptist, he came and he was baptizing people and he was baptizing to have sins washed away. What? John verily baptized unto repentance. And John is telling people, where we're going, we don't need sin. There's things in the future when a man gets here named Jesus, he's going to do a lot. We're going to baptize just to get ready for it. He sees him and he says, there's the guy that takes away the sins of the world. I'm just going to say this quickly because the Lord prompted this verse to me this morning completely separate than the rest of this that he gave me. But Jesus goes up to John, uh, Matthew 3, 15. Jesus goes up to John and says, my turn to get baptized. And John says, who, what, you need to be baptized? And Jesus says, what do we got up there? Matthew 3.15. Jesus tells him, we have to do this to fulfill all righteousness. If I don't get baptized, I have no business go telling other people they need to get baptized. Jesus answering said unto him, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. He baptized him. Matthew chapter 23, this is my last passage, verse 23. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus is speaking here to the Pharisees. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted omitted, omitted, what's that mean? You left something out that you know you're supposed to do. You've omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, faith. These ought you to have done and not leave the other undone. You got to do this and you got to do this. 
Next verse. Ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Verse 25. You think Jesus feels strongly about this? Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Next verse. Thou blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Jesus is saying, there can be no omission. You can't know you're supposed to do something and not do it, but then say the things that you are doing is good enough. You've omitted. He tells the Pharisees, when most people look at you, they see a righteous person. But you know what? I'm not most people. And I know a thing or two. And when I look at you, I see extortion and excess. Extortion. So, so he's saying you're, you're willing to count out to the smallest degree. <sighs> Separate this over. Make sure that's just enough. You're willing to do that, but you're not willing to deal with such a major thing as extortion inside you, in your spirit. So what good do you think this is going to do when you, oh, I counted them this morning. I know I got just the right amount. He go, back to the excess. Back to the extortion. Jesus says, uh uh, the way you deal with that, the way you deal with that problem is first clean what's on the inside. Get clean on the inside. Wash. Cleanse, like James said. Cleanse yourself. Purify your heart. from unrighteousness, that the outside may be clean also. If the inside is clean, I promise you the outside is clean. If the outside is clean, that is zero indication of what the inside is really like. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Let me, let me try to make this quick. I'm just going to try to address some things that I felt while I was reading this earlier. There are people who would point to this and say, this excuses me from having to have any outward appearance of holiness. Because I, the Lord cares about what's on the inside. And he knows my heart. So I'm not worried about what's on the outside. And you shouldn't be either. You can't look at me. You can't judge me based on how I look. Yeah, you know what? I can because the Bible says 
If the inside is clean, the outside will be clean. The Lord will deal with a person internally and say, there's this one little part of you on the inside. If you let me wash that, if you let me clean that, you don't even have to worry about what the outside will look like because cleaning this inner, inner issue will impact what's on the outside. We, here's the problem, though. We care, we, I say we were talking about humankind, we care about what's on the outside because of what other people will see. So I care more about pleasing another person than I do about God. I care more about the opinion of others than I do the Lord's opinion. If I do this, they're going to think. If I fix this, they're going to think. If I change that, they're going to think. You're caring about the opinion of others. Now, the Lord is gracious and kind, and most people, he's going to spend the majority of a lifetime working on that issue. We want to see results. Lord, clean them up, wash them up, spit them out. So I know that they're good. No, uh -uh. it doesn't work that way. The Lord will spend a lifetime cleaning and working on a person because he knows there's a lot more than 50 years, 70 years, 100 years of a person's life. So if I've got a deal, 50 years is nothing to get a person clean if I can have them clean for eternity. But we think, ah, oh, when's the Lord going to work on that person? I'm not seeing it. I'm not hearing it. The Lord tells the Pharisees, clean the inside that the outside may be clean also. Two more verses. Verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, that's tombs, which indeed appear beautiful, outward, but are within, full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Who wants to go spend the night in a tomb? Oh, but it looks great on the outside. It's all cleaned up on the outside. No, on, on the inside is nothing but uncleanness. On the inside is nothing but dead bones. That's what I see when I look at you, Pharisee. That's what the Lord's saying. I see white, washed, outer appearance. But I also see and know what's inside is nothing like that. 
full of, full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. Verse 28. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. You can stand with me. I'm coming to a close. The inside is hypocrisy and iniquity. Hypocrisy is saying one thing and doing another. That's hypocrisy. That's why at least three times that we just read right there, he calls them, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. You're full of hypocrisy. You say one thing, but you do something else. So on the inside is hypocrisy, but also on the inside is iniquity. Iniquity is kind of a big Bible fancy word for sin, but it's sin because you are doing what you want to do. Full of your own ways. Full of your own actions. Full of your own thoughts. Your own desires. That's what the Lord says when he sees the Pharisees. I see men full of their own desires. Full of their own ways. Now how miserable would it be? Just for a second, think. How miserable would it be to spend your life trying to look like you don't have any iniquity, spending your days going to your job day after day, doing all that work so that you don't look like you have iniquity. But then... Knowing, you know it already, you're already miserable, but knowing the Lord knows it and he calls you out on it and tells you, I look at you and I don't see what you're trying to let me see, what you're trying to convince others. I look at you and I see you doing your own thing, you full of your own ways. That's iniquity. I'm going to take you back one more time to 1 John. If we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And, and, everybody say and. He's going to forgive you your sins and he's going to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's what takes place in the waters of baptism. You are cleansed from unrighteousness when you are baptized. And this is how I know if I did it after I've been baptized, I get to claim through faith. Just like you claim, you claim it the first time in faith. And Why does anybody choose to get baptized? You're obeying the word of God through faith. Now I'm obeying the word of God through faith when I claim 1 John. He will cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I want to give us an opportunity just for you. For, for you. Everybody say for me. 
This is an opportunity for me to confess, to agree with the Lord my sins because it's truly the opportunity to be forgiven and to be cleansed. I'm asking everybody to pray, every eye closed. If you want to come to the front, this altar is open. I'm asking you to find a place and pray to get alone with God. This is my time to get alone with God and to confess. My time to get in agreement, to get in alignment with what the Lord has been telling me, with what the Lord's been dealing with me about. Lord, in your name, I confess to you right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, I agree with you. My faith is in your word. I believe in your word, Lord Jesus. You will forgive. You will forgive, Lord God. You do reach to a heart. You do reach to a life, God. Even mine. God, you reach into my life. And you bring cleansing. You bring washing. You bring renewing. You bring restoration. Lord, you bring wholeness. God, you bring righteousness. It's through the work of your blood, Jesus. It's through the work of your spirit. God, I thank you for it. I lay hold on it today, Lord. I believe in it. I confess it today, Lord Jesus. God, you are faithful to forgive. You are faithful to reach and minister. You are faithful to work, Lord God. I thank you, Lord. You make a person right, Lord Jesus. You make a person clean, oh God. Clean on the inside. Clean on the outside. Lord, it's the work of your Spirit.
together everything that we've talked about the Lord has talked about today it's it's rooted in our faith and our belief in him to receive forgiveness even is rooted in faith I can't just say all right I hope that worked uh-uh I pray and I believe and I receive it in faith I'm going to ask every one of us if we would close our eyes, raise our hands, and thank the Lord in faith. Would you thank the Lord? God, I thank you for the cleansing work of your blood that that washes away every sin. God, I thank you for the cleansing work of your spirit. It's my faith to you that I express right now, Lord. It's my faith that I express to you, Jesus. I'm thankful to you, God. I'm thankful, Lord, that you love me. I'm thankful that you care for me, Lord. That you would give your life for me, Lord Jesus. That you would shed your blood for the remission of my sins. I'm thankful for it, Lord Jesus. I receive it today, oh God. I want to live accordingly. I want to walk accordingly, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God. Come on, just let his spirit pray through you for a little bit. Let the work of God be done in your life. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, cry out to the Lord. Speak out to the Lord. It's my faith in you, Lord. It's my faith in you that I'm expressing Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe it, Lord Jesus. I believe it, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cleansing work of your spirit. Thank you for the cleansing work of your blood. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I remember the I remember the words of a song, old song. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out. Hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. That's the cry of my soul right now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Hallelujah. Thank you for shedding your blood for me, Jesus. For the redemption 
God, for the redemptive power and the work that you did when you died for us. Thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you for saving me, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you believe that, would you just clap your hands to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Amen. You are dismissed. Greet one another. Ladies, remember the books.